Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. everyone welcome to tv literate a podcast dedicated to watching trashy tv without shame or judgment i'm jillian and i'm megan so megan what have you been watching let's see i'm trying to think i feel like this week has just it's been like a blur i don't i don't even it's really gotten away from me somehow it's it's been a rough (laughs) week i don't even know why but it's just i don't know but let's see i've been watching so I hadn't really been keeping up with the new season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. Oh, yeah. So I got caught up on that, and that's nice. been quite good, quite quite entertaining. So I started, I started watching a new, like, teen comedy on Netflix called Never Have I Ever, which was created by Mindy Kaling oh. from The Office and The Mindy Project. And it, I only watched like three or four episodes, but it's just about like an Indian American teenage girl that wants to be popular, but it's not. And it's, I really liked the first few episodes I watched. So that's been fun. Nice. Um, yeah. But uh, what about you? What have you been watching? <sighs> I have still just been watching a lot of Star Trek. It's my comfort food. <laughs> I get that. I get that completely. We all, we all have, you know, those shows that you just watch when you just need something that's like comfortable and easy but still you know it's going to be amazing you know the payoff is going to be there i yes and everything will end up all right even though it's stressful <laughs> yes exactly you know you know everything will be okay in the end that's all that matters yeah um other than that watched a whole lot of dateline last weekend just really got on a kick after we recorded and then i was like oh, i gotta watch 18 datelines yes yeah i i, I yeah um, but last week's new Dateline wasn't very good. It wasn't very exciting. It was very disappointing. disappointing. That is disappointing. Um, other than that, I've just kind of been surfing the the trash waves on like Pluto TV if I see something on. I think mm-hmm. we uh, put on an episode of, it's not Next, but it's the other dating show that MTV did. That's two words. Is it Parental Control? Yeah. Yeah. I loved that show. It's like where the parents pick the dates. Uh-huh. Is that it? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. I remember there I just for some reason there's this one episode that like is distinctly imprinted in my mind of these two like alternative cool, you know, people on a date and they get um they got like lip tattoos like inside their lip like oh, matching. Yeah. Ones. Wow, that was a early 2000s relic. <laughs> for sure. Um yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like imprinted on my mind forever. So I just associate that show with lip tattoos. Seriously. I understand. I know it's such a weird show. The one that I remember the most is where like they went on a date to go paintballing and they ended up like shooting the crap out of each other. I don't know. It was so much. I do remember that. Did you see that the Pentagon essentially confirmed UFOs? I did see that. I haven't like dug too deep into it, but I have seen the buzz about the ufos and that is very exciting i know and it's amazing that we're just like you know what aliens you might exist but we gotta get out of our houses (laughs) yes yeah 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 no i was super stoked because i watched the like when tom DeLong leaked the one the videos that they then have now confirmed and those are some wild videos yeah i haven't really watched them but um i have to watch them because that's really cool that's exciting i saw a tweet i don't know why this made me think of a tweet that was like why do people call them unidentified flight objects they're ufos 
<laughs> they're not unidentified. They're UFOs. We know what they are. They're UFOs. <laughs> God. All right. So what we were talking about this week and what we mostly watched yesterday and the day before. Yes. Um, yes. The last was two days. Taken at Birth mm-hmm. on Hulu. Which originally aired in October of last year, but just came on to Hulu on the 1st of April. Right. It was wild, y'all. It was crazy. And so it originally aired on TLC. And I Mm -hmm. think it's, this was so different from anything I've seen from TLC. Yeah. Just how it was, how, like the entire show is different. Not only did the subject matter, but just how it played out how they investigated things i feel like it was a really well done production and it was really way more dateline than i was expecting from tlc and i feel like it was a pretty like thorough investigation Mm -hmm. and i feel like they kind of tried to get all different viewpoints in there which i appreciated a lot yeah i was curious about that especially since all the tiger king hullabaloo and I was googling everything and I read like the original 1997 article when they first figured out that he had been doing that and everything and like they really didn't leave anything out like or direct us into any way I guess other than the fact that he was doing it he did it (laughs) yeah like the only things that like it was all facts like he did do this he did have this at least one illegitimate child so Mm -hmm. like these are just facts for everyone here on is spoilers yes. for this show. It's yes. I mean it's some people's lives, so I guess it's not really a spoiler because it, it's it's done happened. But if you want to get the full story, and the full the full um what's the word I'm looking for experience the full experience yes thank you then yeah because it's there's a lots of twists and turns uh-huh. and they did a lot of stuff and a lot of information was revealed and found which was cool mm-hmm. I, I liked that it was a short series but a lot of stuff happened in that series yeah there were only a few times where I felt like the TLCing of it where it's like oh we only have 20 minutes of content but we've got to bump out that extra five minutes right. with like artsy shots of a parked car oh yeah <laughs> yes I mean they have to do that sometimes that's they like do. in every TLC contract it's like you have to have these exact shots in in or else it will not be admissible you've got to have five minutes of b-roll per hour or else we're cutting you exactly yeah there's got to be some downtime for you to go and like get chips from the kitchen or something you know true true Mm -hmm. all right so do you want to do a summary or you want me to do a summary um i can start and then we can kind of pass off if we want so taken at birth tells the story of the hicks clinic which was in McKaysville, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. McKaysville. McKaysville, Georgia. Um, and it operated in the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And there's was a lot of kind of sketchiness going on. And it was kind of revealed that he was essentially doing like backdoor adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was revealed that not all of the people who had the babies knew that their babies were adopted some of them thought they were getting abortions yeah and a lot it of was them their thought s- their kids were stillborn even though they were a wanted child right um so there's all the sketchiness behind that and it the taken at birth do- docu-series i suppose um documents some of the kids who came out of the hicks clinic discovering their identities essentially and trying to figure out 
what happened and if they have any actual biological ties and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and it um, starts out with one of the kids, Jane Blasio, and she's the one who actually blew the whole thing wide open because she figured out she was adopted and then her mom wouldn't talk about it and she eventually talked to her dad after her mom passed and then she was like, all right, well, I see on my birth certificate, it says Dr. Hicks, where'd you guys go? And they're like, McKaysville. And so she just drove down there, age 19. <laughs> that woman has some balls, let oh, me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Like, there's part of the thing where she's talking about how she hears a shotgun rack at her when she's looking through a window at night. I mean, yeah, she um... essentially had to, like, back alley talk to someone. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. It's that was one of the like biggest surprises to me was how the secret of the Hicks Clinic seemed to be so well known within the community. Like a lot of people knew not probably all the details, but mm-hmm. essentially what was going on, but it was still so closed off and it was like never talked about. It was never really brought up, and I think that that is insane. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I was reading the original New York Times article from 1997 when she told everybody and she and uh, a judge finally figured out after they pulled all the birth records from McKaysville. That was the part that they didn't like super clarify in the show. But like her and a judge went and just looked through all of the birth certificates from 51 to 65. Like everywhere that's insane (laughs) and when they were registered with like georgia they were like why are people coming down to georgia from you know scottsdale arizona and from michigan just to have babies in the middle of pretty much nowhere i mean it's lots of little towns but it's not like going to atlanta yeah um that's insane i just and not only that but just the amount of work that has gone into this investigation is just mind-blowing that's so the amount much. of i can't imagine how many like man hours total have spent have been spent yeah on all of this stuff because not only is it finding out who was who were the babies but it's also finding out who were the baby's parents it's also finding mm-hmm. out what happened what were the circumstances behind the birth and it's There's all just... like racing a ticking clock because yeah, be- no one's getting younger Exactly. Like the kids were born in the 50s and 60s. So, I mean, many of their birth parents are either passed on or about to pass on. Yeah. So that's so scary. And it was heartbreaking. They talked about how multiple times these Hicks babies is what they were called would find their birth parents and it would be like a month after they passed away. Uh huh. That's heartbreaking. I mean, did any of them find a living parent? Oh, yeah. That one lady did. The guy who wouldn't meet her. Yeah. And that's yep. the hugest bummer. I get it. But also, oof. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I felt bad for her Yeah, a lot. That was really sad. But, I mean, I do – I don't know. It's it's a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's, it's wild and entertaining, but also super depressing. But also, I think a lot of the, like – secrecy was kept because the people of McKaysville felt like it was like a a duty I guess because it's like bible belt and they were like you know it's keeping all these girls from getting abortions right yeah that's uh, I thought that this this story just brought up so many complicated questions about abortion in in general Mm -hmm. and it it's just 
yeah, it all, I think that that, and it all goes back to that really is abortion and the stigma behind abortion and not being able to get safe abortions. Mm -hmm. And especially in the fifties and sixties, the double-edged sword of just existing as a woman, because God forbid you get pregnant out of wedlock, but God forbid that you abort that baby. Right. Yeah. So I think my biggest like beef with Dr. Hicks through all of this is not that he like convinced people to have the babies or adopted out the babies kind of in a shady way because adoption is very expensive it's right not an easy process for anybody and you have to have so much visibility to like adopt out a baby yeah that's what and i i appreciated that this show talked to some of the parents who did adopt through the hicks Mm -hmm. family and like them expressing how they had tried adoption they had done everything they could and they could still not get a baby this is literally the only way they got a baby Mm -hmm. because looking at looking at the situation it seems like who would get who would sign up to get a baby from that like that's so sketchy but then you i'm so i'm glad that they had that Mm -hmm. viewpoint expressed because it does make a little bit more sense obviously that's the thing that's my biggest beef with him is that he wasn't doing it for that he was doing it because he got somebody pregnant and he was like oh you know what i can just adopt this baby out no problem just say yeah it's a stillborn yeah and then he realized he could profit from it too because he was just selling these babies yeah and, and I think charging what... for the abortion yes yes um so that's cool yeah yeah it's that it really is like it's all about his intentions and his intentions were not good Mm-mm. that's i mean clearly it seemed like there was plenty of evidence to suggest that he was inducing labors early and mm-hmm. that he and I think that that was probably in the guise of, hey, we're going to give you a late-term abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they would, you know, have babies that were four and five pounds, yeah. which is... And that one ba- baby was, like, three and a half pounds. Yeah, that's they had babies. That's crazy. Like, having a baby that's four pounds in 2020 is not a good thing. Like, obviously, there's plenty of medical interventions yeah yeah but it's still not a good thing so imagine it back in the 1950s and 60s especially with a doctor who is obviously negligent and doesn't care about the baby's well-being to begin with i mean so we're told that 200 at least 200 of these babies were adopted to families but those are only the ones that survived Mm -hmm. how many of them did not survive yeah and how many of them went without birth certificates and how many of them the number has to be astronomical. I, I mean, it has to be so much more than 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the total confirmed number is 212 as of yeah. the last article that was written about it. But who knows? Right. I'm sure there'll be more journalism about it again soon, which right. is good because that's how you find people and get them to do their DNA tests to see if they are familial matches. Yeah, there, there was a sentence, uh, one of the, I don't know who it was who said it, but somebody said it about Dr. Hicks that, like, this man obviously didn't count on DNA being a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> because that's really what's gotten everything, I'm sure, to be so much easier to find information. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. there's nothing you can do before DNA. There's no way they would have been able to find any familial matches mm-hmm. without DNA. So, I mean, that's, and it shows that there's, you know, hope that, maybe more information will come out in the future once there's more scientific developments. So mm-hmm. that's cool. That's cool to think about. Yeah. Uh, so they started off this whole season or series with um, 
like standing outside the Hicks Clinic as it is now. And I'm sorry for how hard I laughed that it's a pizza place. I just was like, they're like, this is the old Hicks Clinic building and it's like fresh, spicy. Yes, and it's like, this is where he would perform the abortions. It's like, here's the pizza oven. Oh, yay. (laughs) Somebody comes out with the big, like, dumpster bag to go throw away, and they're like, that's where the babies came out. (laughs) Weird. Ew, yeah, I don't don't like thinking about that. No, baby pizzas. Um, Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Sally Hicks. So she was a pretty big part of this. So Sally Hicks is... Dr. Hicks's granddaughter, but mm-hmm. um, she was adopted because um, Dr. Hicks's daughter-in-law could not have children. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of thought that that the adoption process somehow like kind of sparked the idea or at least gave him, I don't know, some type of experience with the adoption process because that's kind of when everything started, mm-hmm. which is so crazy to think about. Well, and I'm remembering from Sally Hicks, didn't she say that their par- that her parents were offered another baby right before her and then they got her, like, by him? So there was, like, that one probably, like, Stephen or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, because I think Stephen was the oldest uh-huh. baby, the first baby. Yeah, sorry. Sally Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sally Cobb, I guess. Sally Cobb. She had like a two different, she had several last names. Yeah, but she's a lot. I love she, her. She was, yeah, I, I liked her a lot and I really respected her for what she had to go through because mm-hmm. she literally had her father's body exhumed. After and- 41 years. And just to get DNA to not only see, um, not only DNA for the other Hicks babies to see if maybe that they're related, because that's another thing is a lot of people think that Dr. Hicks is the father of a lot of the babies. Um, So she got DNA for that, but she also got DNA because it was kind of suspected that even though she was adopted, that maybe her adopted father was also her biological father Mm -hmm. because they looked a lot alike, which they did. Like the pictures, they did look a lot alike. It was weird. I guess all white people kind of look the same. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, But so it ended up not being her biological father, which was kind of heartbreaking to watch Mm -hmm. because I think she really kind of had her hopes up that it was. But I don't know. I think, honestly, I feel like that would make things more confusing just to find out that he's a biological father. Like, I would feel like I'd rather find out that he's not since that was what you've been told your whole life. Yeah, and you don't have to, like, be like, why did he lie to me and tell me that I wasn't his? Right. Which I think it's a lot easier, yeah, to deal with, oh, they just adopted me and loved me and they were good parents. At the same time, I do understand, like, being adopted, I'm sure it's hard to not have, like, any blood relatives mm-hmm. and to want to have that. So I, I do get that she probably had her hopes up for that. Yeah, but, it um, just kind of set her one step back. So now she has to find whoever she is related to. Exactly. Right. But I think that would have haunted her if she had not done that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I thought the whole body exude. What is it? Ex- how do you e- say that? Exhumation. Exhumation. Body exhumation was insane. It was awesome. Uh-huh. I loved it. I thought, like I said, I just have a lot of respect for Sally even doing that. But then she was even considering being there. Yeah. I was like, the fact that you even considered that, like, you have some balls. Because I would be like, if people were digging at my dad's body, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be, like, in the next state. You uh-huh. guys have fun. Like, I can't like, be there. Where do I need to sign? I'll see you in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. 
um that was that was crazy though and he yeah. was like so well preserved even though he'd been buried That's for 40 years embalming back in that, the 70s or 80s i don't remember when he died i think it was the 70s yeah i don't yeah. that's creepy to think about but it was really cool it yeah. was really cool to oh, see yeah. it was cool cool to see the process because i never really done any research about body exhumation so well if you ever get down a youtube hole ask a mortician is great for all of that oh, stuff that sounds fun she is really cute la um like alternative mortician so she does you know like water burials and stuff like that not just oh. casket in box but yeah she's a great watch that's cool that sounds fun i'm gonna have to watch that yeah and she's not like overly graphic or like gross or anything she just tells it like it is that's good yeah i like that yeah so sally i'm glad tangentially to sally that whoever they bleeped out who was actually related to dr hicks that she thought that he was her dad yes. was actually her dad. Yeah, her dad. I was so happy that because I don't know, it kind of seemed when because not only did they find not only did they not find the um, biological match between Sally and her dad, but they also none of the Hicks babies that had been tested matched either. And it was kind of it felt like a dead end and I felt like everyone was kind of disappointed by the results. So I was really yeah. happy to find out that they at least found some conclusive evidence. Like I'm sure that that woman is so happy to have, like to know she's been wondering yeah. her whole life who her dad is. And now she knows. And that's amazing. Though at the same point in time, then it makes you officially related to Dr. Hicks, which yeah. I think is, was kind of the weirdness at, in the last episode where they were talking, where they were getting all their results and they're like, you know, I kind of wish that he were my dad, but also I'm relieved that he's not. Yeah, at least I'm, I know I'm not. Yeah, it's like you're back psychopath. at square one, but at least I don't have any genetic material from this terrible man. Yeah. Um, <sighs> men are the yeah. worst. Men are the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just every episode of Men Are the Worst, but you got to I mean, do better if you don't want to be the worst. It's a common theme in everything we see and do because it's just the it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Men think that they can do whatever they want and that they have the right to do whatever they want to and with women. Yep. And especially it, about their bodies. <laughs> yes. And time and time again, it just it doesn't go well. Mm-mm. Um. Okay. So I think my favorite character of the entire thing. She was in the first episode and not ever again. Oh wait, was it? Hold on, let me see, let me see, let me see. I have her down too. Doris Abernathy. Hell yeah. Yes. Doris Abernathy, the 90-year-old town historian, and she was just pleased as punch. She was my queen. Like, she is everything to me. She, like, was so excited to just I talk to about be it. her. She's, yes, like, that she is my life. She all the tea. She knows everything. She's like, yeah, anything you need to know about McKaysville, I got it. I know it. And I've she been was here like, 90 years. She was like so happy and bubbly and she was just so cute. I loved her. Uh huh. And she like kept up on everyone. Like, Sally oh, didn't live anywhere there anymore. Like, she lived in Murphy, North Carolina. So, like, she knew. <laughs> she knew. She knows. She's she, the vault. I, I have so much respect for her. Yeah. She was so good. She was. She was my favorite character, too. Good. I'm glad, because she was just so adorable, and I loved her, and she was just so, like, enthusiastic about history. She was. Oh, do we want to talk about how they broke into a mausoleum, too? Oh, hell yeah. 
so not only did they dig up a body, but they also broke into a mausoleum, which the mausoleum didn't have any bodies in it. The bodies of Dr. Hicks and I think his wife and maybe mm-hmm. some other family members were buried right next to the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. And um, it was thought that there was some like birth records, some type of paperwork of the Hicks, of Dr. Hicks in the mausoleum. And so they had originally got a search warrant for it back in 1997 when this whole thing broke open, but they only could open the doors. They could not get inside the crypts. Mm -hmm. And so in the show, because Sally, I guess, was the only remaining family member, she has the right to open the access. Yeah. So she went in there and they didn't find anything except the search warrant in the crypt. Yeah, that was weird because like she was like, I remember they taped to the door and that's pretty typical for a search warrant of like an empty place. It's just taped to the door. And, like, how did it end up inside? Yeah, if they weren't able to get into the crypts, then how did it end up inside the crypt? Yeah. So there was, I think, some, they were, like, kind of trying to imply that, like, maybe they were in there again and they took whatever was in there because there was literally nothing in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then she got so shut down by the Tennessee police. That was interesting. It was, yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't really know. It doesn't really seem like. I don't think he would have kept records. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he cared. Like, he did nothing in an official capacity. Why would he do birth records? I that's think that's the easiest way to get caught. Is to exactly. Be like, All right, this lady had this baby, and I sold this baby for one thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I would, I would think that he would prefer to not have any birth records, just so there's no way to tie it altogether. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wasn't surprised that they didn't find anything, but I, I thought it was, it was fun breaking into the mausoleum. Oh yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> I just those locksmith dudes had the best time. <laughs> oh yeah they were, like, they were oh, into oh, it this is a really hard look oh no it's bending this is strong metal it's bending yeah they were like so they were like trying to get everyone so impressed by them opening it was cute i got um, it though man yeah i for sure. tried i had to lock pick a cabinet like a little drawer at work once because we accidentally locked the keys inside of it and i don't know how and we picked it with like a nail file and a bobby pin and it took us like an hour and a half but i did it and i felt so accomplished (laughs) i had to pick a door once because and i still have to to this day have no idea how this happened but somehow i think i was in the shower and willow kind of likes to be with me wherever i go so she kind of just like hangs out in the bathroom while i'm in the shower yeah that dog exactly and somehow i closed the door and she got locked in and i don't know how she got locked in but she was literally locked in the bathroom all alone for like an hour and i had to pick at the door for like an hour i was freaking out <laughs> anyway it was all fine it, she was just like chilling in the bathroom for an hour by herself but yeah, it was just like really scary this and you can't tell me no <laughs> exactly um so yeah that's my lock pick story it's not nearly as cool as the mausoleum one yeah but yeah i had no idea like i've never seen a tlc show where they dug up a body and broke into a mausoleum i had no idea we were going to be doing that stuff when when i signed up for this but i I think the closest thing to digging up a body i've ever seen on tlc was when they found like a dead raccoon in hoarders yeah and i don't yeah that's not nearly as cool or fun Mm, it's not not that this is fun but it's it's cool it's really interesting it's fun in the interesting way like exactly it's a mind puzzle so Okay, I have to talk about Cindy. And okay. Cindy was the one who knew her mom, Lita. Right, yes. And they had been gotten estranged again, which, you know, is fair. Questions answered. I can understand why you wouldn't have a relationship with your right, biological yeah. family. Um, but 
that whole thing was kind of wild and felt very TLC, but her dad was called Pickles. Yeah, I, I, I loved that. Yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, um, Lita and Pickles. That's my, my OTP. Right? And I was like, she, she didn't say anything else. Just Pickles. Pickles. Not like, his name was John, but he went by Pickles. Yeah. No, no, his name, I would not be at all surprised to know that his name was just Pickles. I wish it were. I hope it that, is. It I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Ancestry.com it. Yes, figure out Pickles' true identity. Man, this is like the opposite of like one of my greatest fears when I did my DNA was that like I was afraid, oh no, what if I'm not actually related to the people I think I'm related to? And yeah. now, but like this is like the opposite where you want, you want to know like that. I don't, I don't know. I think yeah. that's kind of a, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where I was going with that. No, yeah, I feel like the just there's a lot of emotions that go behind the dna stuff mm-hmm. i've never gotten my dna tested but my brother did and that's close enough so yeah yeah we're very white and um, i'm related to my cousin that's, that's all good. i found out yeah it was i was glad to hear that i'm related to my cousin i recently had a cousin that i don't didn't know of contact me through ancestry dna and she lives in san francisco and we're friends on facebook now that's kind of cool yeah I feel like a cousin, a cousin is cool because it's not like a sister. Uh huh. Like that would raise a lot of questions, but the cousin is like it's. Yeah. I can I I could fuck with some more cousins. Yeah, and like I just it it gives me more branches to research because you know there's kind of only so far you can go genealogically most of the time unless you had somebody in the family who was like crazy about genealogy. Right. Um, so like you can usually get to like the 1800s ish Mm -hmm. and then you just have to keep branching out like oh who did they marry and who were their parents and just gonna six degree of separation myself to kevin bacon yes but biologically (laughs) (laughs) that's probably true (laughs) can't be that far no we can't be that far (laughs) anyways um steven let's talk about steven Oh, Steven and his lovely beard. Oh, his beard was so amazing. And I just felt so bad Iconic. for him. Cause he, yeah, I did too. Because, like, this is the only argument that I have for, like, legal adoption is that they do put you through the ringer to see if you actually are wanting a child. And going to be a decent parent and yeah. provide for the child. Yeah, because his parent, his adoptive parents were, like, so cruel mean to him and like would like actively lie to him about his like biology just so like to throw him off track and that is like so evil yeah and they just kept telling him that he was adopted and that it wasn't you know like i don't know they were just so mean to him and he's like i always had to scratch and fight and he said that a couple times and i was like i bet he had a real rough time growing up i yeah and I can't imagine not only that, but then just having so many questions about where you came from. I just, he's, I feel so bad for him. But I'm so glad he got some family. Yes, I am too. Also, he's only eight years older than my mom. And that's shocking because my mom does not look like Stephen. Stephen has been road hard and put up wet. Yeah, I think Stephen, Stephen looks, that is, Stephen looks like his life was hard and we know that it was. So Yeah, aged quickly. But he did. God, and he really gave me like the whole vibe, I guess, for the whole rest of the episodes for me when he was like, we're only as sick as the secrets we keep. And that's why 
like Dr. Hicks died early and that's why all that stuff. It was wild. So do you think, what do you think happened to his twin? Do you think there was a twin? I don't know. I just, it's so hard to, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe his twin was just given away and died or, you know, it was pretty common back in the day to have only one twin live through childbirth. Right, exactly. Especially if, like, in the circumstances where it seemed like he was born Mm -hmm. and, you know, not the greatest care. So it would not surprise me at all to just find out that, like, the baby was stillborn or died really soon after birth. God, what if what if his parents got both babies and only one lived? That could also happen, and I would hate to think about that. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to put that thought in everyone's <laughs> it's head. Okay. Don't think about it. We're not in quarantine, just sitting here with our thoughts or anything. Um, I was really happy though that it seemed like Stephen he has a a daughter who was with him a lot. It seems like she's really supportive and really there for him. So at least she had, at least Stephen has that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it doesn't make up for his horrible childhood, but at least he has somebody there for him now. Yeah. And I mean, his wife showed up to all the things. She just didn't really ever talk to the camera, right. yeah. which was so, good. So like he has a supportive family that he's created for himself, which gives me hope for him. Yes. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. So I just hope he enjoys the rest of his life. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be nice for him and Kathy to bond. Yes. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it, this was just crazy. And it's just, I feel like every time a question was answered, like, eight more questions came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the Steven section, I think this is kind of the last thing I have to say about it, is um, I'm really glad that he got to meet Kathy and, like, there was no other, like, relative or whatever that... They found because Kathy was just like so amped and so yes. excited to have a brother and she didn't have like because she didn't know he existed. There was no like prior resentment or guilt or like anything that comes with a lot of these relationships. Like if they had found his parents and yeah. like, why did you give me up or did you think I was dead or whatever? Right. Like, yeah, it goes back to the finding out you have a cousin thing like that in this situation like, the best situation is to find out you have another sibling that just didn't know that you existed. Yeah, it's, like, good news. This person that you thought died in childbirth is, in fact, alive, and they have had a life. They've had a life. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Do you Did you recognize Chris Jacobs or the other lady, the lady on here, from anything because they looked so familiar for me. I rec- I feel like I the lady, I was trying to place who she was, but I have okay. no I'm gonna Google idea. it. Maybe I feel like the only thing I can think of is maybe they've been on like some TLC reunions that I've seen or something. Let's see. Her name is Lisa Joyner. She is married to John Cryer. They adopted huh. a baby girl. She started co-hosting Long Lost Family with Chris Jacobs on TLC. Okay, I didn't really watch that, but I maybe I've seen like the previews of it and stuff because I've heard of it. My mom watches mm-hmm. that show, so yeah, I've definitely heard of that. I might have to watch some of that because you know how much I love ancestry bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Which I remember, I remember seeing um, previews for this um, when it was aired last year on TLC, but I don't know. I had no idea that it was about this. I thought it was just about like finding adoptive parents which Mm -hmm. is fine but I just wasn't something I was really wanting to watch so I had no idea that this was actually about this whole Hicks clinic thing which is nuts yeah I thought this was about that fertility doctor that just used his sperm 
That's what I initially thought it was about. I kind of thought that too because I feel like that was in the news pretty recently. Like that was a much more recent news story. So that brings us up to episode three, um, which was basically where we got all the results and they started getting all the stuff from DNA back. And right, I guess I have to preface this <laughs> with the fact that a lot of my family is from the deep south. Um, right. And there are a lot of branches that aren't super spread out in my family tree, but... Uh, it comes with the territory. I, I relate to that, too. The fact that all of them had light eyes, red hair, and webbed feet, like, they have to be related to each other somehow. Yeah, that's a whole lot of recessive genes. That's so many. So, for Yeah, I think for that many people, like, around the same age, to be sharing that many recessive genes like there has to be some some overlap in the gene pool there yeah i mean it's a small town so i think that probably has a lot to do with it but like they have to some of them have to be related like some cousins or something right Um, and like if you think about it like how long the hicks clinic operated like you know that there were repeat customers uh and you know that there were guys who were impregnating multiple people at the same time yeah. So there has to be some sort of relation between a lot of these people, I would assume. Yeah, I can't imagine. So West Virginia, also apparently outside of Ireland, has the highest concentration of redheads. And I think that probably is a lot of the same things. Like, it's not incest necessarily, but it's that the gene pools are small. And like, if right. you live in a town of 500, you're going to end up cousin to pretty much everybody. Right. And a lot of people who live in small towns don't really ever leave those small towns and so they don't really interact with people outside the small towns very often so that's who they procreate with (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) procreation (laughs) procreation and now exhumation which we already kind of talked about hell yes the the two ends of the spectrum i suppose um the doctors were great they were awesome they were so I loved how knowledgeable they were but they were also just like sweet and funny and they were just such badasses and I Mm -hmm. love them and they were like so cheery despite the fact that they were going to basically like open up stinky human soup and like right and they were just unflappable (laughs) yeah and they were talking about how like you'd never come back once you smell like dead people and they're just like yeah it's just you never forget it and it's like wow okay it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Knows the smell of death. <laughs> I am thankful that I do not know that smell because, oh, no. It's not a good smell. Um, not a good smell at all, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about this for today. So um, you can find us at TV Literate on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and patreon if you want to become our first patreon supporter if you have any suggestions of what we should watch and talk about tweet us instagram us we're always there i am megan and i am jillian and we are tv literate